Hey everybody, it's Adam Sharkoff, your host of Filmax Radio. It is Friday, August 27th, 2021, and this is episode 683 of the show. I'm really happy to bring back a couple of friends of the podcast, back for his sixth visit to Filmax Radio, documentary filmmaker Jeremy Workman will be here in the first segment with a special guest star. Well, by now you may know. So he made a documentary, and it's about this YouTube star who is a domino artist, Toppler, and it's called Lily Topples the World, and it's been a big hit on the festival circuits, finally now on Discovery+. Plus, You can stream it on their, their streaming platform, um, and there is even a trial if you don't want to subscribe. Uh, anyway, I will get to that in a second. Then we're going to bring on, in the second segment, Film Wax friend making her second appearance. Yeah, her second appearance is Yoruba Richin, another documentary filmmaker. And uh, both of these segments, again, as I always say, are available on our YouTube channel. The the I actually recorded the one with Yoruba a couple of months back, uh, but never posted it on the audio podcast this this show. So I am doing that because I really felt that it was a special segment and those two documentaries we discussed that she made were both worth putting on your radar if you don't know about them. Uh, but first up here, as I mentioned, is Jeremy Workman, who we had on with his last film, maybe twice even, which was called The World Before Your Feet. And now he has a new one called Lily Topples the World. It, as I mentioned also, it is currently available for streaming as of yesterday on Discovery Plus, which is, I guess, this Discovery Channel's streaming platform. If you feel so inclined, if you are not currently a subscriber, you can get a free trial period and watch the documentary as part of that free trial. Or just subscribe. And then also, if you're living in New York City, today is Friday, August 27th. It is having a theatrical engagement, this documentary, at the IFC Center in New York City. So if you're there, you could go do that this weekend. And I believe that both Jeremy and Lily, his subject, will both be there for some Q&As. So you can go to probably the IFC Center website or to lilytopplestheworld.com and figure out what that looks like with the tickets and with um, appearances. Jeremy's documentary follows 20-year-old sensation Lily Hevish, the world's most acclaimed domino toppler, and the only girl in her field as she rises as an artist, role model, and young woman. Filmed for over three years across countless cities and featuring appearances by Jimmy Fallon, Katy Perry, Will Smith, YouTuber Casey Neistat, and a steady stream of Gen Z creators, Lily Topples the World is a coming-of-age story cloaked with, uh, within a unique portrait of an artist, a story about passion and creativity can make dreams come true. And an unlikely American tale of a quiet Chinese adoptee who transforms into a global artistic force with over one billion YouTube views. Just like Filmwax TV, 
over a billion views. All right, that's a that's just an outrageous lie on my part, but not m- the part about her getting those views, but of me. Anyway, we're going to go into listening to the uh, good portion of the trailer, and then we're going to have on Jeremy, and then he's going to bring on our special guest. And we'll be back after that with the second segment. So here is Film Wax Radio buddy Jeremy Workman here only on Film Wax Radio. I feel like a lot of people kind of conform themselves to what they think people will like when really that's not who they are. If you do anything different from the standard social norm, it's considered weird. met Lily, I was talking about art. She said, oh yeah, I love domino art. And I was like, wait, what? I started the channel when I was literally like nine or 10 years old. And now my channel has over 1.9 million subscribers. It teaches you patience, geometry, it teaches you physics. To my knowledge, Lily is the only professional domino artist who is a girl. And there's so many builders that have learned from her. Not a single domino out of place. Not a single one. So yeah, I mean, you probably saw what it means to be a YouTube star slash creator when you had yeah when you watched the movie right but i kind of feel like as your documentary lily topples the world shows that the youtube component to it is is a secondary byproduct it's like she's doing these projects her goal is just to show the world what she's doing getting the youtube following is just sort of happens as a result of that if you do it really well I, I don't get the sense like other YouTube stars, not all of them, of course, I wouldn't know, but a lot of them go in wanting to build a following. They find out that's their goal. Right, right. Yeah, They're I one think of the what's stars. interesting about Lily is that, you know, she she came to YouTube as an artist first. Right. You know, she was making her domino art and she was passionate about being an artist. And then YouTube like was an entry into that world or or the the dominoes were an entry into the YouTube world. And then that led her to become this sort of YouTube creator. But I always had the feeling, even when I was making the movie that if she wasn't doing YouTube, she'd still be doing domino art. Right. And Uh, also it allowed her to find a way to, to monetize doing domino or it's a great opportunity to be able to, monetize it it must be very difficult before youtube to know really how to monetize it must have been a lot trickier i mean no question the 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 notable domino artists that predate lily and some are like really you know way back when in the 70s and 80s and they were on johnny carson and they were on that's incredible there's a there's an older guy you know they didn't have youtube so they just were hoping that they'd get booked on sesame street and youtube has obviously created this incredible forum for artists like lily but not just lily i mean there's thousands of them doing all kinds of art some of them is traditional art and some non-traditional art and what 
that's done is it's kind of created this incredible community where she found her her people on YouTube. And and I thought that was also really that's really cool. And it is cool. Yeah, I, I appreciate that part of it. And which kind of like a weird positive about social media. You know, we always hear how bad social media is, and yet this is this is not that story. I don't think that social media would exist if it if there wasn't a uh, a connective aspect that was constructive or gratifying on a, on a you know like on a personal connective level. Unfortunately, we just it's just like you you know just you got to get all the garbage that comes along with it. Which yeah. Is, how certain obviously there's a lot of nefarious types who have tried to exploit that the 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 social media for you know gain obviously yeah i mean I, yeah but i mean you know going on that point i mean i was intrigued i mean first of all i we've all seen and know all these movies and documentaries that you know are about the the how the the travesty how awful social media is you know and yeah. uh, like social dilemma for example which and I just yeah. had the cinematographers on for that. Oh yeah, that's an incredible movie. It's so well shot too. So I oh, yeah, yeah, and that's why I was very excited. And, yeah. and it's a hybrid, right? Yeah, it is. It's really well like they really pulled out all the stops when they shot that movie. Um but you know, I was sort of blown away by how Lily was I like at the opposite side of all of this, where she was doing all this sort of kind of inspiring and stuff and showcasing her art and finding this community that was out there. Right. And uh, that was a big kind of theme in the movie that uh, really wanted to kind of get into. Well, it might've been enough. I don't mean this to sound cynical at all, but it might've been enough of an impetus to have a huge YouTube star. Like how many followers? when you started this when i started so i filmed the movie for over three years right and when i started uh lily was in a freshman in college and she was 19 years old and you're here i'm not too far north of where i am actually been to rensselaer yeah she went to uh rpi college rensselaer yeah in troy and um so that's where the movie like picks her up in fact the movie like opens with her at college literally she's a teenager i mean technically a teenager she's 19 and um, i started filming her in college following her and just kind of showed up at her dorms you know once we had decided to make a documentary together you know just kind of showed up and started filming her um and um then filmed her for like three years after that and um but yeah i forgot it's, what. Not, a, it's not a spoiler just it's okay i can help it's not a spoiler to say that that she 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 decided to quit college exactly it, focus full-time on her art exactly so one of the big first act you know big dilemmas for lily that we follow in the film is that she is getting more and more opportunities as a as a domino artist and, right, um, right. so yeah. she has to kind of decide whether she wants to stay in college and it becomes that you know classic should she follow this sort of traditional route as a uh, what you know what we all do on on the treadmill you know going right. to college and and get trying to get a job or should she really take this plunge into this world of 
being a YouTuber, being a domino artist and trying to be a professional of which there's maybe 10 in the world, you know? Yeah, crazy. Yeah. And um, so the movie tracks her from the beginning of her in college to... Uh, for this, this part of her journey, exactly like, right. But before we get mm-hmm. to, I, I, I want to take a, just a baby step backward too, just to ask you as an artist, or as a filmmaker of artists, often it, it, you obviously see a built-in audience, right? I'm not being cynical. I'm just being asking questions. But I was wondering the way into this, because what, what, her following obviously has even grown, probably tremendously in the last three years and maybe even the film then introduced her to more sure sure you know is even helping more and now the film's going to come out in a, to even a bigger audience right it's going to stream and yeah yeah it's coming out pretty widely so when? yeah i mean what to day? answer your question and and i remember just tell that. the day that it's yeah coming. so i oh it's coming out august 26 okay um on and it's streaming on discovery plus and you can find it everywhere. And it's also coming out in theaters in New York City, um, August 27th. So I don't know when you're going to run this podcast, but August even if 20, it's... Yeah, right. That, yeah. That, um, the day it's available so people can even see it. Even if yeah. it's, yeah, after, it'll be yeah. available to stream on Discovery+. Yeah. Plus. So um, a day or two of the use. Yeah. The end of the so month. just to finally answer your question, when I started <laughs> filming Lily, I think she had about a million like 1.7, 1.8 million followers on YouTube. So I was super, you know, right from the get-go, I was super intrigued at this idea of a YouTube creator, one with notable success, who was now at college and what that looked like. And then lo and behold, she decides to drop out of college. And then the movie f- sort of tra- follows this next chap, these next chapters of her, her life and her career now she has in the i think close to three and a half million followers so it has really jumped even over the course of the film um hey, the filming did you think as a business person yourself like oh my goodness i i, I it's like some of the work's done already because i mean i obviously distribution is always tricky yeah but I, if i was a distributor you came to me and you said she's got three million people following sure. her, i'd be sure. excited to distribute her film sure so that was sort of in the back of my mind it wasn't in the front of my mind but it was definitely in the back of my mind like wow i you know there's going to be interest in this movie right. um it you know even if i just you know put a camera in front of lily and and <laughs> press record for 90 minutes or just and, patch together some yeah, of the new videos yeah i just kind yeah. of you know <laughs> we just kind of filmed some crappy documentary on her there'll mm. still probably be interest because she has you know so much so many fans um right. but you know once you get into it i i think the approach was very much that you know, let's try to steer a little away from your pres- you as your persona online, and let's really dig into the person. And um, you know, I think that was that was the approach a little bit. Yeah, no, I mean, it's interesting because she's demure, she's soft spoken, mm-hmm. but she's doing these big, loud, destructive. I mean, the thing about dominoes, right? It's like art making, but this maybe one of the very few instances where the idea is to kind of destruct the piece you make. Yeah. Like, yes. you know, there's something very unusual, but so it's a very, it's only exists in a moment uh, or well, in some of these very elaborate ones, it could be 15 minutes of, 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 a, of a self-destructive uh, 
but um you know yeah you know so is but but i like this idea that she you know the film explores kind of her i mean doing quite well with jimmy fallon with the today show guys mm -hmm. with, with no matter where you put her she seems to have a, some sort of she's able to create this confidence and then she's got a crew filming the crew who are filming her for the show yeah it was very meta because here yeah. she is you know doing these things she's there sometimes they're interviewing her um sometimes shooting that she's sometimes filming her own domino videos for youtube i'm often you, you filming that and you sometimes using her footage so there's all this sort of layers of kind of self meta self-reflect reflexivity which it's very youtube -y, you know that's kind of of the youtube feel a little bit um mm -hmm. but yeah you know I, you, another thing that i think i was really i think the beginning and this kind of gets a little to what you're saying i think the beginning we were all like oh this is a portrait of an artist who's on youtube and then over the course of the filming though we started realizing that the movie w maybe was a little different it was more of a maybe a little bit more of a coming of age movie. Mm. Um, it still obviously is about the portrait of an artist who does stuff on YouTube, but it also has these elements of it being a coming of age movie. I have so many questions. I would be so perfect oh. if, if Lily was here because I have such. Now, as I talk to you, Jeremy, yeah, working. I, nobody work. wants to hear from me. You know. Well, I always like hearing from you, but yeah. Lily could answer all sorts of questions. Hmm. How can we get? Maybe we could. Hey, I don't Colin. know. Oh, yeah. Well, wait a second. Who's this? Surprise! <laughs> what? Hello. I... Wow. Yes. Okay, here I'm putting the headphones wow. on her. Right, you can't both talk at once. We can probably you? can if we figure it out. Can't you just right. like have here? Have a Is seat. The camera? No, have a seat. Okay. Okay. Look, Hi, Lily. They're like bloopers. Lily excellent. Hevish. Hi, thank you so Hi. much for having me. No, come. Thank you for doing it. So it's so lovely. It's so nice. I rewatched today, and I, you know, I thought I'm just going to shuttle through this documentary because I don't need to see the whole thing again. I saw it a few weeks ago, but you know, when I don't watch it again, then I'll sometimes when I do this, I'll just forget small details that really actually make spark you know, mm -hmm. important right, right. things I want to talk about. So I was really glad to see it. And one thing that, uh, you know, that I'm interested in, and I don't know how often you get asked about it, which is the, this idea of art versus commerce, because you're doing two things at once. You're a domino artist, you're a toppler, right? And, at the, yeah. and also simultaneously, you're, you're a social media star, you're a YouTube st uh, star. And I'm wondering, it seems like I was talking to Jeremy about it, that the YouTube gave you a great opportunity to be able to monetize your your work but also to connect and meet others so mm -hmm. for you how do you juggle these two parts of what you're doing right right yeah i mean with youtube now that it has become more of like a full-time career for me um i do have to think about both like how do i balance that end of it while also just making great art and like doing that and at the moment, it's it's like I can't focus on one or the other. It's like I always have to be thinking about both simultaneously. And, um, you know, sometimes it's challenging because, you know, maybe I want to make a really large domino project that has, like, everything I've always dreamed of, but I can't maybe spend five months in my house doing one project. 
although yeah. I would love to do something like that. Um, and then on the other hand, it's like, well, I can't just do corporate projects all the time because if I just post sponsor video after sponsor video on my channel, um, it's just, you know, my viewers are not going to really like that as much. It's not going to be as innovative. It's not going to be as creative as my own personal Fresh, projects. Fresh, organic. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. So it's finding that balance between the two and, and incorporating some, you know, sponsored things in a very authentic way that you know, maybe because of the topic, it's, it's good for my channel or, you know, maybe through my agency, you know, we have other dominant builders who can carry out projects that I might not personally have time for. Mm -hmm. So we've been doing some workarounds and trying to structure uh, the Hevish Five company in a way that we can still maintain the business and, and also allow more time for me to make my own personal projects on the side here and there. When you made the choice, it's early in the film, so it's not necessarily a spoiler, but you decided to leave school. By the way, I'm not that far south of Troy. I'm, oh, wow. Yeah. I'm just, just south of Hudson, New York. Nice, nice. So you know where I am, right? I do, yep. And I'm right on the Hudson here. So anyway, but you, when you decided to quit school, which I'm sure was a huge choice of yours, and I know it was an emotional choice, um, were you were what were you thinking about like as far as at that point uh, how would you were you thinking about well I, I need to spend full time and really take the big leap in so I can make a living at this or or is there something else going on because that's what I thought right I think at that time when I was trying to make that decision to leave college or not I was mostly thinking about well, if I don't do this, am I going to regret it later on? And every situation is like, yes, I would have regretted not taking the leap. Um, thinking like, well, maybe if I did go to college for all four years, then my channel would have died. Like I, I've built up this huge domino thing on YouTube and, and to see that crumble after years of work would really make me so sad to to even think about um so in that situation it's like I don't want to live with regret I always want to take an opportunity um if it presents itself and it it seems like it's gonna work or has a chance of working so I just went for it I, I threw myself into full-time domino art and haven't really looked back you know I think no, you it, was, it was a good decision for me well, it's great that you have that uh, certainty and confidence. You know, speaking of confidence, because you're, you know, that you come through as kind of not shy, but just almost like demure. Maybe you're, there is shyness there too, but you have this ability to kind of turn something on where your this confidence comes through, where you can hold your own with like pretty big, you know, mm -hmm. time folks like Jimmy Fallon, the guys at the Today Show, uh, 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 Casey Nice, that I know, et cetera. Like, you know, whereas the other people might've been like they, some of the guys that actually had a response when they met you, some of your fans. Yeah. Yeah. You get I very mean, nervous. And, and, right. and how do you, where did that come from? You know, I, I try not to get like too high on any opportunity that I do or like fangirl over people. Cause like, being in the YouTube space, I've realized, like, everyone is literally just a human. Like, you can watch oh, someone, right. Come on. You, know, you can watch someone's videos and, like, idolize them or whatever. But, like, at the end of the day, they're just like you. And, like, 
I don't want people to idolize me in that way. I just want them to see who I am as a person. So I think having that mindset, like it reverses when I go to meet someone like Jimmy Fallon. Where you can just be yourself. But then there might be millions of people watching you on the lights are on. You you, you just sort of feel like uh, you psyched yourself into this. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because, like, even in the scene, like, when we're in the Brattleboro Museum, there's, like, a big crowd watching next to the dominoes. Like, I remember in those moments, it's, although there might be, like, hundreds of people around me, it's, like, I can't even see them. Like, all I'm focusing on is the dominoes. I need to make sure the dominoes look good, make sure everything's going to work, everything's in in the right place. Um, It's, like, I, I don't even... Like, they're there, but I don't, like, see them until I'm, like, good with the setup. I know everything's right. Then I'll go and be like, okay, now I I can, like, bring in the world to watch it with me, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. By the way, what was the longest time it took to set up one of your... I know this is probably the most typical question you get, but, but what is... Just for my own... The longest project that I've done, um, I, I believe it took three months... Okay. To build thirty-two thousand dominoes, which is my personal record, and it, it went off okay. <laughs> uh, there were a couple of hiccups here hiccups. and there, uh, okay. but you know you can't really tell in the main video because I've edited it. You so. can. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Now, tell me, did you have any trepidations about uh, somebody going into your life? Did you watch Jeremy's films? You know that he wasn't just going to be telling your rise to fame. It was also going to be a kind of a personal documentary about you too. Was that something that you were nervous about or that you were hesitating over? Um, I don't think I like had any super big worries. I mean, huh? going into it, like, of course it's a documentary. So like, I understand he's going to want to talk about my life and like outside of YouTube and my upbringing, which I think that just comes with the nature of making a documentary. So that mm-hmm. was very understood to me um and you know just seeing i think jeremy's approach in making films was was very good because it it made me feel relaxed in the sense that like he didn't have a huge crew it was mostly just him filming as a behind the scenes cameraman um and i think taking that approach made it easier to kind of open up in a way and and share a more personal side of me as well Mm. well you seem like a very obviously you're you're very level-headed person but you also seem to be very thoughtful and yeah even keeled so when these things happen i mean there must be things you you decided not to do right like were there other opportunities you turned down did anybody ever approach you anybody else ever approach you about doing like a film about about your, your um, work your... a couple of people have actually like asked while he was filming the documentary so of course i was like what was your like, answer we can't do those <laughs> yeah well we were already making a film <laughs> well let me just tell you something it hasn't stopped others because i actually know of a case where somebody was shooting uh it was i think it was steve bannon do you know what i'm talking about right i don't think so actually okay well he was like a, one of the trump's advisors and close associates and then there were these people making a documentary about him and then he 
they found out at a certain point that there was another crew also making a film about him. Oh, he, wow. He didn't tell either other party, yeah. So, no, I know you wouldn't have done that. I'm just, uh, uh, but, um, well, you, you, the film is coming out in a matter of days. Yep. Are you excited? You must be excited yeah, about that. Yeah, I'm so excited. Yeah. I mean, it's not just going to be in theaters, but also like streaming on Discovery Plus. So a huge like range of people can see it now. It, like you don't have to be in a certain area necessarily. Just like if you have Discovery Plus or get the trial, like anyone can watch it. And you designed, I don't know if I want to talk about this. Ask Jeremy, should we talk about that part of this? I don't know. Like there, it's good to have some things, you know. Hey, Jeremy's not the... even here. <laughs> Did he... Jeremy. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, we, uh, there's just uh, you're also there's a, there's an on, there's another level to the entrepreneurial stuff that happens right like mm-hmm. you know with i mean hey oh there he is there he is hey. do, 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 did we want to talk about the i'm sorry did we want to talk about the the uh her her designing dominoes do you want to leave some things uh, talk just, about the design dominoes or do we go for it yeah yeah you said go for it make it more but wait see i'm paused yeah. No, he's there. He's there. Oh, no. but yeah, and talk about but, how connected to the movie. Okay, and what sounds we see good. In the movie. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I, really, the only reason I brought it up—the idea that you're also an entrepreneur and that you you are very, very sophisticated—I thought in, in in those meetings, in the sense of—and I don't mean this to patronize you because of your young age, but like you know, again, here you are with people that are double, twice your age, sometimes even older. And yet there seemed to be just this um, strong sense of confidence that you had. Mm, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Well, it's not even a, I, you're welcome. I mean, I'm glad it's a compliment. It is meant, it is a compliment, but I, I'm just still kind of curious as to where you are able to pull that from. Whereas people, again, that are much older than you and are, don't even have that. They would you freak know, out by some of those experiences you were. They they'd crumble like your dominoes. They would just topple over. I think it all comes down to the passion that I have for dominoes and the vision okay. that I see with it. Um, I'm I'm very confident in you know what dominoes can do and how it could be expanded to the world ah. and can help people and teach people all these things like patience yeah. and, and geometry and. <laughs> there's just so much opportunity with domino art and I a hundred percent, 200% believe in that. And, you know, I think just having such confidence in the vision, Mm. I'm able to present myself in a way that um, makes me look or appear more confident in, in those situations. But, you know, I'm not like that in, in other aspects of my life. Uh, But in with dominoes, at least it's like, I'm very sure of what I want and I, I know how I can get there. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's just, I got to get other people on board with it. Right. That makes complete sense. That's a great answer. Exactly. I, I get it now. Awesome. I get it now. So if you can only take that same sense of vision to other areas of your life, you're going to be, yeah. you're going to be just fine. Right. That's the goal. That's the, That's goal. the goal. It's a good goal. Yeah. And it's a good piece of advice for anybody, you know, just gain that mm-hmm. vision for, for, you know, what you, what you want to accomplish both, both maybe career wise or business wise, as well as mm-hmm. personal right. uh, goals in your life and interpersonal relationships, et cetera. Yep. 
Yeah, that's great. Well, you, you had a good tool. Your parents come across very supportive and very loving and your siblings. And, uh, and then, uh, of course, all these people out there in your orbit that have been following you and that are, you've been motivated to also give it a shot. So mm-hmm. it seems like maybe there'll be a bigger community of um, domino artists and topplers. Which oh, one yeah. do you go by? Which term do you use? I use the term domino artist. Yeah, that makes sense. That's what I figured. It makes it feel more of a legitimate art form, you know. People people understand art, but Toppler yeah. is. Kind but there are of a lot of people weird. out there think. Of... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, people understand the word artist, but Toppler is sort of like a new phrase that people might not get. Right, I understand. Yeah, and also there are a lot of people out there who might think of dominoes as just you know it's a game, it's toys. Mm-hmm. They're right, but it's just your your the colors on your palette <laughs> exactly yeah gotcha. uh, all right well thank you and uh, again lily havish is the uh subject of lily topples the world directed by jeremy workman and it's going to be widely available uh, on august 26th and on discovery plus and then it's going to be very exciting so yeah uh, i'm going to urge everybody to uh to definitely watch this entertaining yes. documentaries so much Go fun check to watch. it out it's so much fun to watch. There's so many great samples of your work in this throughout. You know, thank you. Yeah, never a dull moment. Yeah, it just keeps <laughs> going on every scene. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, um, and I appreciate your your coming on. It was a nice perk. Yeah, bonus. Thank had no so idea for having me yeah i i didn't even know about this either but it just you know time worked out and this was a lot I'm of fun so thank yeah, you yeah i'm glad it did i'm glad and you're in new york uh for the next week i am yes mm-hmm. um, from the boston area i know yeah 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 okay very good well my best of luck not that you seem to need it but it's always helped so good luck thank you thank you, you know with the, the the premiere and everything else mm-hmm Awesome. Thank All right. You well, again. I'll say good. Thank you, and I'll say goodbye to Jeremy, or at least sign off with him. Is he still in the room? Yep. Here you go. Hello. Wow, that was. Hey there. Hi. Hey, I'm back. What a nice surprise, by the way. Who knew that she was going to be on my show? You know. So I know you didn't. You know, you thought you were just having an, a boring documentary director, and yet you got a, a bona fide, you know, YouTube creator. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. And she sort of did give me a good grasp on how she's able to be so present and so engaged and confident in these situations she finds herself in, you know, whether meeting her heroes or Mm. being on some sort of, you know, national broadcast or international broadcast. And she's so poised or she's at, you know, some big conference or convention and she's talking in front of the group, but she's always seems to be able, or even maybe, even maybe more intimidating sitting in a group of, of, of toy industry executives who are going to, you know, decide her fate potentially, you know, and she, she holds her own so well in in those situations. I'm like, how, how is that possible? So, yeah, I mean, what was so interesting, you'll see it. Yeah, yeah. When people watch the movie, you'll see, you know, that what that we're in all these incredible places like that, you know, she's kind of suddenly on shows and being invited to this and doing commercials. And it's just like this kind of nonstop parade of like kind of amazingness. And uh, 
going to watch as Lily kind of navigates it, which is also really interesting because you get to know her. So you sort of feel like you're in her footsteps a little bit as she's doing that. Right. Yeah. Well, well done. Thanks. Uh, well done. In in a series of documentaries, you've really managed to uh, knock them all out of the ballpark, Jeremy. Thanks. Thank, I really appreciate it. You're yeah, welcome. This one's neat. I hope you know people find it and uh, and kind of like get to discover it and you know. Well, they can little... discover it on Discovery. Like they can. That was a pun. Yeah. <laughs> so you'd need a Discovery Plus app. Or, yeah. Well, or Disco- just download it to your Apple. TV yeah, and Discovery work. Plus. I think they have like free, you know, week, uh, free trials and. It's on Discovery Plus starting August 26, but then Discovery earlier this year, they merged with Warner Brothers and HBO. So I we don't really know what this means in the future for the movie, but we we think it's all all good, you know. Well, all right. Good luck. We'll do this again, I guess, soon enough, right? Awesome. I'm I'm always available. Film Wax Radio is my, you know, my second home. <laughs> Well, I appreciate that very much. It's been a while. I know, I know. I don't think we've we, we've done anything for a while. Although there was a pandemic, you know. There was a pandemic. There, I moved out of town. I was finishing this movie, so yeah. Very true, but you know, I'm sure there'll be other opportunities, and uh, look forward to them. So, awesome. Thank you very much. Thanks. Thanks for having us. You're welcome. Thanks for everything. I knew from a very early age that I was adopted. She was left at the doorstep of an orphanage in China. And she was very afraid that she would be abandoned again. Lily, love you. I love you. Being in college, it's actually like the happiest I've been because I've met so many amazing people, but I can't build here. If I could stay, I really would. How do you balance what you want to do than what your audience expects from you? Luke, do you want to hug? Yeah. It's so great to meet you finally. I'm like shaking. This is Lily. Hi. I'm a huge fan of your stuff. I think in the past, I just didn't know how to be me because I didn't know who I was. Hi to the camera. Domino champ. Go. I feel like I've found myself because of Domino's. This has been the dream. I can't even believe I'm finally saying this. This documentary shares a much more personal and vulnerable side of me that you may not have seen in my videos, and I'm excited to share that with you, to show you the real Lily behind the scenes and behind the five, and this really means a lot to me. This is this documentary is my life from the past three years. So much has changed, so much has happened, and I'm just so excited to share it with you. You can stream it on August 26th on Discovery Plus. Thank you for watching. Thank you everyone who has supported the Dominic community and my journey. And as always, I'm Lily Hevish and keep on building. I'm a movie star now. Uh, as I mentioned, Yoruba has made two documentaries, both of I think were very much worth seeing and which we'll talk about in detail 
in this segment coming up here now. We talk about how it feels to be free, which is part of the American Masters series on PBS. I believe you can see it on on Amazon Prime Video at the moment. And then you can watch uh, the other documentary, which is called um, uh, The Sit-In, how Harry, uh, when Harry Balafonte uh, hosted The Tonight Show. But uh, How It Feels to Be Free is the inspiring story of how six iconic African-American female entertainers, including uh, Lena Horne, Abby Lincoln, Nina Simone, Diane Carroll, Cicely Tyson, and Pam Greer, challenged an entertainment industry deeply complicit in perpetuating racist stereotypes and transformed themselves and their audiences in the process. So we're going to talk about that. Then we're going to go into the conversation about the sit-in. In early 1968, and as riots rock American cities and the Vietnam War escalates, the legendary entertainer and activist Harry Belafonte takes over The Tonight Show for an entire week with a guest list that includes Bobby Kennedy, Aretha Franklin, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and Sidney Poitier. Belafonte introduces a fractured, changing country to itself for five historic nights. So, And that you can see on the Peacock app, which I, I believe is free. Uh, so here is my conversation with documentary filmmaker extraordinaire Yuba, Yoruba, with documentary filmmaker Yoruba Richin here only on FilmWax Radio. On FilmWax Radio. Black women entertainers, they blaze such a trail. These women were pioneers in the industry. They were making a way out of nowhere. They actually had careers in a time when they really weren't supposed to have careers. Oftentimes, they're forgotten, and yet these artists are the most influential and oftentimes the most vanguard uh, performers in American culture. On screen, on stage, in music, their choices of clothing, their choices of hairstyles, they all took risks. When I think of all these women, I think of such credible human beings who really stood for equality and justice. And that is in the spirit of activism and the way that art and politics all crossed. I'm excited to talk to you. I have so much on my mind. Awesome. Because I, I'm going to I'm, I'm gonna uh, ambush you a little because I not only watched and enjoyed the sit-in with Johnny Carson, you know. Let's yeah. Get the, uh, let's get the title exactly right. Harry Bell, Belafonte hosts The Tonight Show, but... The sit-in, Harry up, Belafonte hosts The Tonight Show. Yes, but I caught up also with How It Feels to Be Free, which oh. I'm embarrassed to say I hadn't seen. Oh, that's a, <laughs> nothing to be embarrassed about. Well, I just want to tell you that I am drank the Yoruba Kool-Aid. Oh, thank you. Very moved by those two films. And I'm just finally glad that we can catch up and let people know, those who haven't seen them or aren't familiar yet with them, that these are two, they're both available. You, I, I mean, I think if you have Peacock, I think you just have to subscribe for free for Peacock, and you can see uh, you can see the the sit-in. Now it's been out, but now you can see it on Peacock for for, for nothing. I thought, right? Yeah, Peacock is a free subscription. Yeah, well, I have it, and then uh, and then also uh, you can see the sit-in. Uh, I think on Amazon, but you know what? I oh, just- how it feels to be free, you can see on Amazon. 
Okay, right. How it feels. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let me unrattle my head a little. So then that's right on Amazon. I got lucky because it just happened to be a day when I looked for it that it was on the POV website for streaming for free. American Masters. Because they will rotate titles. That's right. I struck gold. So I got to see. So welcome. Hello. How are you? Uh, thank you for having me. I'm good. Thank you. I'm, you know, we are coming out of isolation, which feels nice. Um, and, you know, trying to have a rebirth, hopefully around a lot of things in this country. Well, we're very pregnant with, with, with issues that need re- <laughs> So I don't know if I did justice to your 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 metaphor there but but I, yeah i agree with you and uh, i think that how it feels to be free really hit home because i was lucky to, enough to have substantial experience with two of your subjects mm-hmm. and i want you to see if you can guess who they are because you've got nina simone cicely tyson diane carroll uh, abby lincoln nina horn and pam greer and how their 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 careers and lives intersect during this particular time, this, uh, uh, and, and can you guess which two that I might've. I'm going to go with Pam Greer. No, and, uh, that's a good guess. I understand why. Yeah. 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 Um, She's the actor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Nina, yeah. did you have. No. Okay, I'll, I'll just, why don't I just tell you? Because... No, 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 let me, let me, let, let, I couldn't get one more. Now I have one. Okay. Out of Diane Carroll. Yes. Yes. Okay. And yeah. then Lena Horn? No, no, not Lena no. Horn. Uh, yeah. Abby, okay. Of all people, Abby Lincoln. Of Abby Lincoln, yeah, okay. And I just want to share real briefly because your the documentary is very it goes deep, and it really brought up a lot of emotions and for me and feelings uh, mm-hmm. having been a young kid growing up with those ladies. Yeah. Um, in my world and in my sphere, you know, luckily. And uh, one is that I have vivid memories of being very young, maybe the age of the young child actor who was in Julia. Yeah. Diane's series. Diane, yeah. And I watched that show with my mom. Yeah. And so uh, flash forward about, oh, 10, 15 years ago. And my ex, my wife was on Broadway in Passing Strange. Um, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, she actually, I was at one of the performances. I guess she was actually, she wasn't, she was an understudy, but she wasn't performing that particular one, but she, mm. she was there and, and she got me a ticket and I was there. And um, she, she, during the intermission, she comes up to me and she says, guess who I saw in the lobby? She <laughs> my, my love for Van Carroll. And she, she said she was in the lobby. And yeah. then it turns out not only that, wait for it, but that the empty seat behind me <laughs> Was Diane? But she sat in the seat behind me, and I and it was during the intermission because she got there. I guess maybe she just didn't get there in time to be seated at the beginning. So she, yeah, and um, she had placed it in the they had maybe another room. But she came and she. I turned around. And I said, "I have to tell you that you know this. My mom and I used to watch your show, and and yeah. I not so much, and I've loved you for so many years." And she goes, oh, you watch Di- uh, Dynasty? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, and then, so we're chatting. And then I, you know, I turn around to respect her. I, you know, she's there with somebody. 
And then she taps me off the shoulder. She's, she, can you just tell me about her grandchildren? And I, I couldn't believe it. And then afterwards, you know, the, the cast of the show would go across the street to this bistro. Yeah. And they would have, you know, like casts of shows do. Yeah. And, and we get there and Tank <laughs> sitting in there <laughs> eating with her friend. And I, I, was, I, I just, I couldn't believe it. Uh, and so I got yeah. to really meet her. And then the yeah. other thing, I was working, and I promise I'll, I'll stop talking. My, my, um, but I back in the early '90s, mm-hmm. I was working for this um, music series yeah, based in Prospect Park. It wasn't at the band shell, but it was oh, okay. a small weekend series that took place just a number of Sundays. One of the acts. This show show you how Abby Lincoln her work ethic because she just worked any she just would take jobs yeah you know she was as your documentary shows she was being set up to be a real ingenue type to be like the hollywood singer you know sexy and but she she rejected that well i saw her she she had released an album called uh you gotta pay the band yeah yeah yeah. it's a spectacular album and uh i i didn't know who she was i think i was still in my 20s I, you know, she came and she sang and I was captivated. So I got, and I'm telling you, if there were 20 people, 25 people there, mm. I, you know, it, maybe there were more, but it was a very small place. Maybe there were more. But So that was my introduction to her, that I got to kind of help her get her whatever she needed and, you know, help set yeah. up the show with her. And I was just blown away by that. So I, you know, so I, I was so happy to see her included in your group because yes, a lot of people absolutely. don't know Abby Lincoln. That's right. That's a question. So a lot of people don't know that to Lincoln. <laughs> I'm just trying to now move it things to you, but yeah. So, why did I include her? Is that and, the... and, yeah? And you can expand on who your choices were because there are people sure. that weren't included. For instance, of course, yeah. you have a choice. So the inspiration for the film uh, is a book called uh, "How It Feels to Be Free: African American Female Entertainers in the Civil Rights Movement" by uh, Dr. Ruth Feldstein, uh, who's a professor at Rutgers. And um, the book came out in <clears throat> sometime in like 2014, end of 2014. And I read a review of the book. And as soon as I read the review, I hadn't even read the book. But as soon as I read the review, I thought that this could make be a documentary film. And the reason why is because the women that um, I had never seen a, a take of the industry of the Hollywood of the entertainment industry from these different perspectives in these women in these different time periods and fields and how they um, how they built off of each other right. uh, in terms of breaking through at these particular moments. Um, I also thought uh, you know the, the the book itself did not interview the women um, I didn't have any interviews. It was very sort of academic and, and analysis of their work, which was really, I thought, a great lens. And then additionally, to be able to add the interviews with, you know, whoever was still with us, um, archive of them talking and narrating and telling their own stories. Um, and of course, the archive of them performing. So I felt it had all of these different elements that could could make a film in the book could make a really powerful documentary film in the book um 
one of the women that's profiled is the South African entertainer, Miriam Makeba, which she's amazing. I ended up switching her out okay. because um, I wanted to bring the film to a contemporary space because uh, I thought that also these women's careers were really the sort of foundation of what we're looking at, at in terms of black female storytelling and the renaissance that we're seeing um, of, of black women behind the camera. And I thought Pam Greer could bring us there um, and, uh, you know, could be that bridge. So that's what, so I, and her story is fascinating and had never really been told. So yeah, I, you know, and I feel like it was you, you, you almost, I think you challenged yourself by bringing her into that conversation because yeah. these women are having a conversation yeah. whether they know it or not in your film. So, yeah. And she, but then we could also talk about black exploitation too. Um, and black exploitation when, you know, the film ends up looking at, uh, you know, how African-Americans have been portrayed and, and opportunities that they've had in Hollywood and black exploitation is certainly a part of, you know, part of that. So um, we ended up, you know, we ended up in the film having a really dynamic conversation about black exploitation and, and what that meant in terms of looking at, you know, the progress of African-American represent African-Americans uh, being represented. In the, in the in pop culture or in the popular culture. Um, I, you know, the, I like the, the breadth of choice of also of, of because even within the African-American women, there's such a variety and they're all dealing with such different issues. Uh, they share some, but they also have different that they have to deal with, whether it's the level of their beauty, outward beauty or conventional beauty, let's say, versus the, the, the tone of their skin, the, how mm -hmm. dark or light they are. That's versus, right. Versus their politics, how radicalized or, you know, they are. Um, and so you, you, they, there's a really nice, like I said before, almost like a, a dialogue that's going on among them over that. And, you know, like Cicely's reaction, Cicely Tyson, one of your subjects, her reaction to Pam Greer and the popular okay. rise of, uh, I, you I know, like yeah, it was a fantastic opportunity to, to, I don't think you could have made this film 10, 20 years ago, in fact, because there would have been such a, def you'd have to be more, feel more defensive about it. Like you don't want to see women arguing <laughs> right no. right and we definitely tried not to you know to make it so that they're arguing with each right. other you know what I'm saying. that they're you know these are one of the things that was interesting to me in making the film that i didn't know when i started you know documentary you're always discovering as you make it but the tension that were in these tensions that all of these women had uh around career choices you know so lena horn you know one of the most fascinating examples i think is lena horn signs this groundbreaking contract where she refuses to play maids uh, or people in the jungle, as her daughter said, and she gets backlash from, she celebrated and heralded, uh, but she also gets backlash from the Black actors who were working in Hollywood at the time, who were taking those roles, who were, you know, saying, you know, it's better for me to play a maid than to be a maid. Um, and they were worried that if she, you know, she, this young upstart, who refuses to take those roles, then there wouldn't be any more of those roles. So, you know, uh, that's a super fascinating uh, sort of tension. And, 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 you know, we talked about um, black exploitation where there's that tension. Uh, Diane Carroll, she gets Absolutely. backlash for Julia. Right. Because, because she's not. Right. She's breaking 
yeah the, the door i mean she's you know and uh, opening the door or breaking maybe one of many levels of ceilings <laughs> but but i mean and still heavily criticized i guess it's just comes with the territory but yeah. you know heavily criticized for well whitewashing and um you know yeah. maybe, and for not dealing with race in the series well the thing with the cosby show was uh, years later yeah, that's another know, example yeah think about that well this isn't the, what good uh the jeffersons was i remember that also that show was uh you know they were they were criticized because and then good times is criticized because they're you know also just there's no way to win you know you're never well, you know, the issue is we have so few opportunities that when yeah. they do come around, there's going to be critique from many sides because there's so much that people want from those, you know, from yes. those shows. Yes, you're right. If there were 20, 20, 30 shows on. Yeah. Then, African-Americans and all of their various, you know, economies and. Yeah. Classes and yeah. Yes. Yeah, you're right. And I, with the Julia you know, supposedly it's supposed to open the door, but the door closes and then there's no show starting in America for a decade. And all the women face that too. You know, they have this opportunity and then it gets shut in their face. Well, I'm glad that, uh, again, I was very glad to see Abby Lincoln in there. And I I didn't know nearly enough. I knew she was married to Max Roach. Right. I I did not know the pre- I guess jazz singer. Yeah. Because sort of molded or, you know, to be a pop singer, right? right and to a- be like Alina Horn. Yep. Yep. I mean, her story is fascinating and it, it is one of the surprises for most people. Right. Uh, about, you know, who she was and how she was even, uh, you know, before Nina Simone in terms of bringing those politics to her lyrics and, you know, the backlash that she got because of it. I was actually speaking uh, also to, r- earlier today coincidentally to a friend of yours, Nancy Bursky. Ah, yes. Whose new film is, new documentary is also coming out. I was reminded that she did uh, her Sydney Lumet documentary mm-hmm. years ago and, and that Sydney Lumet was, Lena Horne was actually his mother-in-law. Yes, that's right. So, Speaking of which, did these, I know that this is Lena's daughter, but did did uh, women also have to deal with that? I mean, I'm, it, it seems almost inevitably that being in an interracial relationship in the 60s, that had to be also. Yes, for sure. And, um, you know, the film is not a biography of these women, right? So we do not tell, obviously, we can't, it's six stories. But, uh, but that means that was a lot we had to leave out. And actually, in some of the initial first cuts, we were, uh, we did try to include Lena's marriage to Lenny Hayden, um, who was her musical director. And uh, they were married in the late 50s, early 60s, um, and definitely experienced racism. And they actually had to go to, um, they actually had to go, I think their marriage, I think it was secret. For a while, they didn't come out with it, and they went to um, Paris, and um, uh, you know, either right after they married or got or got married there. I'm forgetting, and were there for like a year or two, or, you know, a year or two, I think a year, um, you know, and had like so many 
African-Americans and African-American interracial couples had a totally different experience, you know, not experiencing the racism, outward racism uh, that they experience in the, in the States. New York, The Tonight Show, starring Johnny Carson. And now, here's fabulous Harry Belafonte. Here he comes. Wait a minute. Harry Belafonte hosted a week of The Tonight Show? What? What? How did I not know this? Harry Belafonte takes an existing white institution and he turns it into something that represents his world. There are many sides to Harry Belafonte. Singer, actor, activist. Harry had an agenda and he had the people to back it up. What do you have in store for us this summer? I feel that we are in the midst of the most critical period in our nation. You see how pivotal this week was. That was the most revolutionary move that mainstream television could have done at the time. Good night. Thank you for being with us. Let's pivot to the uh, Harry Belafonte documentary. This is also something that I don't think many people, the story many people don't know, and, and it seems on the surface not such a big deal now. Yeah, yeah. Johnny Carter, was this his first time he decided to let a guest host? No, he had week? guest hosts before. For a week? For a week. It was his first time for a week. Okay. Because yeah. that yeah. meant that, and, and he turned over the... The guest list that he had. To Harry Belafonte, too. That's right. Yeah. For, for yeah. a week. And he obviously didn't give him any parameters or restrictions. Exactly. And that was the condition by which Harry, oh. you know, accepted the gig. Right. He didn't want, he'd been burned by television before. He didn't want to have. Tell me, tell, tell them, tell, explain the burn that he got. Because he, so he stepped he away from an enormous opportunity. Yeah, so he had been, uh, as we, um, or maybe we haven't talked about it. It might have been another interview that I did yesterday. No problem. Uh, talking about how Harry was a really huge star. Like he was, uh, you know, in the, he had the out al- that album came out with Deo and it broke records. Um, and so it's established him as a, as a uh, music, you know, as a singer. And then he started doing a lot of um, TV work as, as guests uh, on shows um, and having his own special. Uh, and he had a special um, a couple years before the, I think it was maybe, maybe it was in the, mid 60s or early 60s I'm beginning a TV special where he had and we show clips from the special and he had you know again it was Harry's world it, it had dancers of different races black white Asian um, it had it was an integrated you know integrated uh, special yeah. right, right. Was what Harry that was again Harry's world and he was bringing that world to this country of what it could you know what that could be uh, within his own family, he was living that life with the entertainers that he hung out with, and in his political realm. Um, so, anywho, the network invited him to do another, to do another special, to do more of these. Uh, but they said, you know, it can't be an integrated cast; it has to be white cast or black cast. And he decided not to do it. Yeah, it was. It's uh, quite quite an opportunity. For, I guess, more maybe he thought for the network. 
you know, because then they could say that they're diverse, right? I mean, they're, the network. Okay, I don't think they cared about that then. <laughs> yeah, That's something they didn't care about then. <laughs> I mean, yeah. the networks, the, N- the NAACP were, were pressuring the networks at various okay. times. Yeah. That- all the time. I mean, that's another thing that was interesting to me, um, actually, with how it feels to be free, that the NAACP, since, you know, Gone with the Wind, had been pressuring uh, Hollywood to, uh, you know... Diversify. To, yeah, or to at least scale back its racism in the beginning, right? in the beginning of the industry, in the beginning of the industry, which, you know, Birth of a Nation is considered to be the beginning of Hollywood, and, you know, with Gone with the Wind, all through, all through the 60s, that's how Julia, that's one of the ways Julia got on the air. Uh, and then in the 70s and 80s, too. I mean, I even remember that. I remember when, you know, the NACP uh, or Jesse Jackson, I remember leading protests outside the Oscars. People kind of laughed at it then. They didn't think it was, you know, it was kind of dismissed. Um, I remember that very well. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, only now with, you know, the Oscar so white campaign and all of that, are we taking, you know, is the industry taking that seriously? Just to give an idea of, of, of Harry, who he, who he invited that week, and you're going to help me pull it up. You had uh, Petula Clark, uh, Martin Luther King. Yes. <laughs> These are clearly juxtaposing um, themselves. Paul Newman, Buffy St. Marie, right? She was, she yep. was Buffy, right? uh-huh. I know she's interviewed. Dionne um, Dion Warwick, Sidney yep. Poitier, Bobby Kennedy, yep. uh, Aretha, and yep. Cosby. Um, yep. Diane Carroll. Diane Carroll, our friend. Yep. Uh, <laughs> um, just incredible. So, and then it got very, very political. I mean, he didn't hold back at all. Yeah. Uh, he said, and the, the Johnny Carson's audience probably, well, I know for a fact, because <laughs> I saw you documentary, but not a lot of them didn't respond very positively to that. They had, that that was their time to kind of pretend that you know all that yeah. all the noise going on outside their door was right. there, was there. So so they didn't want it when they were in bed at the end of the day, trying to kind of. That's yeah. right. We challenged them, but yeah. at the same time, he also got really good reviews and and good yeah. uh, ratings too. And right ratings, of course, they sold soap. Yeah. And Johnny Carson was uh, obviously pleased or not. He had him back on. Very pleased. Yes. Johnny was very pleased. Well, what about Johnny Carson? So it's like, uh, <laughs> where, where is he coming? Did you, were you able to <laughs> uncover anything? Like, cause. Yeah. No, it's a great, it's a great question because people are always like very surprised, right? Uh, that Johnny did this and had him on. Um, yeah. I mean, what we know, I mean, obviously, you know, we can't get into his head, um, but that he felt the, that he needed to deal with some of the stuff that was going on. I mean, we have a, one of my favorite scenes is uh, when he comes on uh, Little Miss 1960, I think it's 1960. Yeah, Little Miss 1968. Um, and he's saying, you know, we have war, we have famine, we have racial strife. Uh, you know, him and Ed McMahon do this, do this bit. Um, so he obviously right was, that. yeah, he obviously was um, fully aware of what was going on and wanted to find a way to talk about it and to deal with it. Uh, and he knew that he was not the right person to do that. 
And so he felt that Harry, and I think because of Harry's intense popularity and the fact that he was the conduit between Hollywood and the the movement, movement, that he was the one to do it. Right, absolutely. And and be entertaining and not just be didactic. Absolutely. And also Carson knew that it would reflect positively on him for making that, you know, handing him the keys for that week, you know. Uh, and, he left, and he left Ed McMahon, right, to... Uh, what did you say? He left Ed McMahon to continue, though. The week. <laughs> yeah, Ed McMahon was still on the show, yeah. Yeah, I wonder how that, I wonder how he was dealing with that, but uh, <laughs> I don't know if he was... But you never know. And I also enjoyed the round, he did sort of a... Uh, Right. He did. Carson did do a special, right? Yes. Where he did do a, like kind of not a round table, but essentially where he discussed. Yep. After the, Kennedy. After, after Kennedy, Kennedy was assassinated. Yeah. Assassinated. Uh, well. Yeah. You know, you have such great archive and uh, I mean, that must be the time consumption right there. Right. You're, you're, well, you're, you have to have to have a team, obviously. <laughs> and a great archival producer, which we had. Who's that? Um, so for How It Feels to be Free, uh, our co-production was in Canada. So we used a archival producer out of Canada who was amazing. Okay. And um, in, for Harry Belfonte, we worked with Rich Rensberg, who's very well known in the industry. Yeah, they're worth noting because they're such great archive and we see so much content and, you know, we have YouTube now, but, but there's stuff, uh, you know, people will really enjoy and, and it's contextual. I think it's really the power behind that, it, you know, in both cases, both films, um, it's very effective. We'll remind people again, and maybe I won't botch it up. So how it feels to be freeze on Amazon. Yes. And then the giant, the sit-in. Harry Belfonte hosts The Tonight Show, is on Peacock. That's correct. And um, both are currently available, obviously currently available, and I really do recommend everybody see it. This Absolutely. They don't work as, they're not so didactic. I mean, they are, but they're they're entertaining films. Well, you got to be entertaining, like, no matter what, you know. Got to make people want to see it. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, I just had to get that out of my system. I'll let you go about your day now. And uh, thank you so much for having me. Let's do it again. I, I'm serious. Like uh, anytime you're, you have a project, you know. Absolutely. Uh, we did something from the metro. Remember that we were met yes. at the metro, and then yes. and then I get sure. on the subway. Yeah. Remember that day, and then I got on the subway, and I'm riding up, and I think I'm walking under Times Square or something, and I see this woman walking in front of me. I'm like, that cannot be Yoruba. Do you remember that? It was like two an hour later, and I ran. Oh, well, that makes sense. <laughs> anyway, all right. Okay, thank you. Hope to soon, and I'll I'll give you the heads up. Okay, sounds great. Thank you. Yeah.
Everybody living pays their share of dues. And sometimes what you think you got, you lost. So ring a ding ding doo. Thank you, everybody. Remember, you can become a subscriber to support my show by going to patreon.com slash filmwaxradio and for as little as $3 a month you can become one of the Filmwax patrons. Now I should mention that it, for $5 you get access to uh, a lot more content and then it just gets better and better from there. So, But, but uh, any amount will be a tremendous help for doing the show and the amount of time and resources that it requires to do something like this. But in the meantime, remember, you can watch the show on YouTube. You can by the way, from so many apps now, as a matter of fact, I just this the other day, Filmwax Radio is now available on, on Audible and as well as Amazon Music. So it joins Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, and of course on the website filmwaxradio.com. Feel free to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and engage with Filmwax in various and sundry ways. It's always welcome. Thank you so much for listening. Take care of yourselves and the ones you love. Until next time. Play.